everyone, and welcome to another episode of Chillin' in the State House. I am, for the last time, Andrew Ball, one half of the Topeka Capital Journal's State House team. And I am joined by the man who's sticking around. Don't worry, folks. Jason Alatid. Jason, my better half. How are you, sir? Doing well. Disappointed. Sad that you're leaving, but happy for you. Getting to go back to home, essentially. Back to Wisconsin. Yeah, I am. Uh, I, I guess I should uh, articulate it, but uh, today is my last day at the Capitol Journal. I'm taking a job covering state government in Wisconsin for the Capitol Times, so uh, that's not going to get confusing. So at it's all. not going to be too different. It's got Capitol in the title. It does. I've already messed it up once and called it the Capitol Journal, so that's. I'm, not, I'm struggling with that a little bit, but uh, and that other voice, the fine voice you hear, John Hanna, the Associated Press, John. How are you, sir? Well, you know, Andrew, I'm chill, but um, I'm also feeling a bit like when my daughter went off to college for the first time. Now that you're uh, you're leaving us, there's uh, there's some uh, angst and sadness there that you're you're going to the wilds of uh, Wisconsin. So, well, and you know what they say: once a children in the state house member, always a always, yeah. And, and this is episode 86, I believe you said, John. Yeah, I think it's 86. And Andrew, the podcast started with you. That's true. I, I have been on for all 86 episodes. So that's a record that's going to take some time to top. But I trust yeah. you both will be will be working towards that. Yes, yes. And we'll have to call you when we get to 100. Please do. And have a, have a retrospective. We were talking about that. You and Titus Wu, who yes. is... Uh, working in California for Bloomberg, right? Yeah, covering, I think it's like tech regulations in, in government, which is an actual issue in California as opposed to Kansas, where I think most tech companies don't even know Kansas exists. But. Well, and and I'll leave the tech bros to him, I think. <laughs> Me too. I would agree with that. Well, we were thinking I've been here, uh, my first day was August 3rd of 2020, I believe. It was the August partisan primary of of that year i my first story in the cab journal was jake letourner defeating steve watkins in the second congressional district primary and I, we were thinking we would like walk down memory lane on the on the last three years sure well and and jason you joined in 2021 so you've you've been here for yeah, two years the bulk and, of it. Uh, and another month or two since well I, I thinking back over the biggest stories i mean i feel like the, this is a case where the obvious answer is the right one, where the biggest story that, that we covered as a team probably is the August Yeah, it was a different amendment. primary. Yeah, two years later, almost to the day, uh, the amendment vote on the so-called value them both amendment on, on abortion rights. I mean, that... Uh, John, when was the last time you can recall an issue? I mean, maybe the Brownback administration, but an issue getting that much national attention. Well, for, just for a, a, a mission. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, an issue um, from Kansas, specific to Kansas. I mean, Kansas is getting uh, a lot of attention right now for the raid on the Marion County That's record. True. That's true. Um, you know, and it does get attention for various tornadoes disasters crimes and and it is part of some national trends on conservative legislation but this was really re the 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 august 2022 vote was really unique because it reset the national debate 
on abortion. It was the first uh, statewide plebiscite on abortion after the Dobbs decision allowing states to ban it. That vote had been expected to be close, and people thought there was a, a good chance that it would prevail. But what we got instead was a pretty stunning and decisive defeat for the anti-abortion side. And so that really, really raised the question of whether in all these states, um, Republican legislatures were getting way out in front of the voting population in terms of how far they were going toward banning abortion. Well, I've been reflecting on the vote a lot because I'm I'm moving to Wisconsin mm-hmm. where abortion is still a very much a live issue. There is a court case over a 19th century law banning abortion and a newly elected liberal majority on the state Supreme Court. In large part, it was treated as a referendum on the abortion issue. And it's going to be interesting moving from a state in Kansas where I don't want to say abortion is a settled issue because as we're seeing now, you guys both covered that the, the oral arguments yeah. on the court case in Johnson County, which we, we can talk briefly about. But moving to a state where, uh, you know, a, the future of abortion rights is uncertain, just to say the least, yeah. is going to be an interesting switch because – in Kansas, after the the twenty uh, after the Hodes v. Nauser, uh, twenty nine circa twenty nineteen case, you know that that has very much not been the case. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, and and if you if you put it to a vote in Wisconsin by initiative um, or a ballot question to amend the constitution, it would be interesting to see how it would turn out as opposed to doing it through this. Inter, interdirect thing by um, through a Supreme Court race, um, yeah. and it's it's really interesting because Republican Republicans up there are already talking about impeaching the new justice. Uh, I think she was just sworn in. What a couple days ago? Uh, a few weeks ago, I a few think. weeks but, ago. Yeah, there was some because t- she weighed in on the redistricting case during Wisconsin elects their Supreme Court judges, which is. Interesting. A whole separate conversation, yeah, very different than what Kansas does. And, and they do it in weird off-year elections, yeah, in odd-numbered years. It's kind of And a, it's like in, in the spring, right? Yes, it is. And it's, it's yeah, you, unique is a, you know, probably the right yeah. way to put it. <laughs> um, yeah, it will be, I, I'll be interested in watching from afar um, what happens and how the, all of that unfolds. Well, and the interesting, I mean, when I got to Kansas, the big issue, and I mean the big issue anywhere in the country, I, I moved in August of 2020. Yeah. The hotel I stayed in, I had, I was like deathly afraid of, of you know, the, the, the COVID-19 virus. And it's kind of quaint looking back on that now. But I mean, Jason, I'm curious uh, your thoughts on this because, I mean, we're even starting to see an uptick in COVID again. But you track COVID policy, I would say, more than anyone else, any other reporter in this state. What has that felt like over the last three years and kind of where now we've landed? Uh, I mean, maybe not more than any other reporter in the state, but yeah. I, mean, I don't I, know. I put you up there. I mean, I, I was in Wichita at the start of the pandemic and uh, helped with coverage there from more of a team angle. Uh, I remember taking the data by zip code and putting it into a 
spreadsheet uh, so that way people knew which areas of the county had the highest rates. Which, which is quaint because that was a time when people cared where in the county had the highest rates of COVID. And, right. and uh, you know, for a long time now, that just has not been a concern. Well, and we've, we've, we've come to understand that we're going to live with COVID and its successors, COVID 24, 27, or 31. And, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it may end up being like the annual flu shot or, or something like, something like that. What is interesting to me about COVID was the sense of we're all in this together lasted all of six weeks before we started seeing the pressure from then President Trump to open up in mid-April of that year. I mean, yeah, Governor Kelly was the first to close down schools for the rest of the year, uh, which in hindsight was compared to other governors who waited longer. Uh, she probably had more foresight to do it during yeah, uh, the, during the spring break week. It saved weeks of hemming and hawing. Like I was working in Pennsylvania at the time and that was, it was kind of like a piecemeal approach. Right. And, and her argument, it, she made an interesting argument. You know, she said it, we, you know, we suspected we'd have to do that. We'd get to that point. So why do it incrementally and upend parents' lives even more? Um, of course, a lot of things sprung from those decisions across the country, including probably uh, this this movement anti, uh, anti-woke on education. We'll just give it the broadest possible terms because uh, it just in, it, it includes, you know, the what's known informally as don't say gay, a backlash against any discussion of uh, gender, identity issues and that kind of morphed into also diversity equity and inclusion and how um history is taught and there's a sense that a lot of that arose because parents were were staying home and watching what their kids were doing in education and and particularly conservative parents um were not happy with what what they saw um and thinking of political movements, there's anti-vaccination and pro-ivermectin. Basically, uh, th- th- those, uh, basically an anti-science movement. Uh, and and anti-public health in the yeah. sense of the government should not be in control of collective actions in, and prioritizing it over individualism uh, and individual health Yeah, that, that's a very interesting debate because it does touch on some key questions of civil liberties, how much can the government do and how much should the government do? And it's a matter of you having your personal liberties versus you making other people sick and some of those people dying. And when I started here, it was summer 2021. So interim season, a few interim committees, uh, no major elections going on. Uh, but my the the real taste of the legislature came in November during that special session. Yeah, and that's Andrew, right. you and I watched. One of us watched one chamber. I think you watched the House while I watched the Senate. Yeah, yeah, that F- was fewer faces for me to have to learn in the Senate. <laughs> well, it, I mean, that was interesting. I, I th- that's the only special session during my time here, and it, it was 
kind of fascinating also watching the fallout because it was an agreement that they eventually reached with the governor to add, to relax some of the uh, vaccine mandate uh, oversight and and give, expand religious and and philosophical exemptions oh, for and, folks. And it was In a, theory, it's so broad that you can have almost any sincerely held belief. And in theory, the employer is right is not supposed to question it. And, and it was a deal the governor reached with Republican leadership, and Democratic leadership wasn't really involved in that no, discussion. No, no, no. They they seemed to find out about it from reporters when they reported that or, Republicans or, said that. Yeah, you know, as Republicans were making statements about it. Yeah, it was fairly it was fairly disconcerting for them. And what we really saw was this movement of the legislature to dismantle 50 to 100 years of practice in public health about things like when you step in, how you step in, who does it, who can set the rules, all of it because none of it had been something like this had not happened for a long long time maybe a century it it wasn't the full legislature i mean even that special session didn't get to a super majority if the governor hadn't signed the bill who knows if anything would have passed we might still be in that special session yeah and i looking back i mean i think there was speculation i certainly the more conservative members of the legislature wanted to come back that next session and do more they wanted to build off that success and the governor hoped that signing the legislation would well, and, uh, and there was... end the debate. And it kind of uh, did. Yeah, I mean, the, the debate still continued, but nothing ever. Either it didn't reach her desk, or it reached her desk with such slim majorities in the legislature. Well, that it never had a chance of an it, override. It, it's interesting because because the debate shifted from COVID. And what you do, and can you mandate a vaccine, and what can public health officials do? And now, basically, local public health officials can't impose anything without going to an elected official, the county commissioners, most cases. Um, But what happens is it sort of morphs into this fringy, frankly, nutty stuff about uh, childhood common childhood vaccines that have been accepted for i'm trying to remember when the polio vaccine came out in the 50s so some of these things have been accepted for 65 70 years and of course the reason they're accepted is the the incidences of those diseases nosedived as soon as the vaccines became widely available. And, you know, like parents in my generation, I mean, I remember, I mean, of course, when I was, you know, three, four, whatever age, um, you went to the pediatrician and got the shot. But I remember lining up in a hallway in elementary school, and literally, they had people with needles just poking you in the arm just they went down the line of little kids and just gave them the the booster shots and parents accepted that because it was you know pretty widely understood that these vaccines were effective and you know now there's been sort of this we even have a presidential candidate and robert kennedy jr who was in kansas over the weekend and and his platform is 
largely predicated on yeah, opposing he spreads, these. He, he actually spreads a lot of misinformation, misinformation to be blunt. Um, and, um, and, you know, there's kind of this growing, and it's probably exacerbated by the internet, where, you know, some of these stuff keeps cropping up. So, um, yeah, that that's kind of been an interesting trend. But at the same time, there was a sense of, you know, nobody has asked any of these questions about civil liberties and where you, you know, do you send the sheriff out to enforce quarantine orders? And what does that look like? Because again, it had probably been since the great flu pandemic of uh, 1918-1919, which by the way, that influenza, there's a lot of scholarship that suggests it it jumped from, say, pigs to a farmer, a young farmer who then went to Fort Riley, and that that may have been how it started. That's one theory, anyway. So, thinking of public health issues makes me think of back to abortion, the Hodes decision, and how we still don't know how wide ranging that constitutional right to bodily yeah. autonomy will be. I mean, I don't know if anybody. Uh, who is anti-vax has tried to bring that up in their cases, but we've seen the Hodes decision cited in election law mm -hmm. uh, cases. A, a death penalty. Yeah, an attempt in the death penalty case, but it didn't end up uh, it, the Carr brothers from which Todd weren't uh, successful in using the Hodes decision. And now in the transgender yeah. uh, state case, the the SB 180 case, we're going to see Hodes relitigated there. Well, and I, I would imagine if the legislature is ever able to cobble up enough votes to override the governor on a ban on gender affirming care for minors, that would probably be the first argument that um, opponents of that type of legislation would, would talk about on on uh, a right to bodily autonomy. And, and it, it is interesting how... And I mean, we saw it last year in the, I would say, fairly half-baked attempt to oust the uh, members of the Supreme Court, which never really got off the ground in contrast to, you know, several years ago. But, you know, that is also an ongoing uh, thing. Tying back to the, the high court and how Kansas selects members of the high court, I mean, we are somewhat unique in using that merit-based selection. And well, I mean, there'll be uh, interest, I'm sure, in doing away with that for some time. Uh, other states have similar merit-ish selections. I think Missouri, Missouri yeah. yeah, Missouri okay. and some others. Uh, the And every state system is slightly different, so... You could argue they're all unique. The critics of this one say that it is unusual in the amount of control it gives to lawyers and uh, particularly establishment lawyers uh, with, you know, because the, the lawyers elect five of the nine members of the nominating commission and um, and then the four, four are appointed by the governor. So... You know, and then the governor, they come up with three nominees, the governor picks one, and the legislature has no role in that. And that that was approximately fine for a Republican-controlled legislature when it wasn't 
quite as conservative as it is now and when they weren't issuing <laughs> decisions like Hodes and Nauser are overturning uh, uh, overturning capital uh, capital murder uh, sentences. But I mean to be clear, it's not like the Kansas Supreme Court sides with Democrats and liberals on every decision. I mean, yeah. we saw with the redistricting yeah, case. That's true. Yeah, we, we, I mean, I put off. I I decided not to uh, go to my now sister in law's graduation uh, because I was concerned about the possibility of a special session. Uh, we we thought that the court might overturn the redistricting lawsuit. I mean, the 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 maps. Uh, the, the congressional, congressional maps, maps. yeah, uh, and instead uh, they cited. I mean, they, yeah. they, they upheld them. That was well, that was quite a week. I I spent the week out, uh, and I stayed overnight actually in KCK covering the trial in Wyandotte County Court with uh, Wyandotte County Judge Bill Clapper, who I have to say is one of the more interesting characters. Yeah, he he stands he right. Stood the entire trial. He called everyone by their first names, lawyers, witnesses, etc. And then in his ruling, it was a it was a a pretty, he had a preamble, I guess. Yeah, he had a it was a, a pretty long ruling, but the first part quoted, I believe, the Buddha, his father, and the rock band Kansas. Am I missing anything, John? About no, I, I. Although, if one is going to quote a sage, you you know, your dad is always a good place to start. And the know? Buddha seems like a a pretty safe bet too. Yeah, the Buddha and Kansas. And Kansas, carry on wayward son. But um, I, I cut you off with my with my nostalgia for the the very shabby courtroom in Wyandotte County. Well, and and what was interesting was that was a four to three decision, and you know the court really had to wrestle with okay, if we say that there is a line the legislature can't cross in redistricting in terms of, you know, this or that or that, you know, what is the objective, objective standard to use? And that, that was the difficult thing. I mean, you know, I, I guess the question is whether these courts that invalidate maps in other states under their state constitution, it, you know, and Wisconsin is probably going to get a case here this mm-hmm. year. The issue is, is it a sort of a I know it when I see it test? Um, you know, Wisconsin is interesting because uh, it's it's almost super majorities in both chambers, right? It's yeah. It, one, the House has a super majority. The Senate does not. I believe it's the reverse. The, the Senate reverse. doesn't in this or the, the assembly does not in the Senate. Does. Okay. And yet. The sense is, in terms of political registration, it's a lot closer than that. Yeah, I think there have been, um, like, the statewide vote uh, in, well, I mean, and they have elected, much like Kansas, Wisconsin has a Democratic governor and a Republican legislature Mm -hmm. and a a Supreme Court that is decidedly mixed. Um, But, yeah, there, I mean, there are, there have long been theories that uh, gerrymandering has hurt Democrats, particularly in in places where there are college campuses uh, in central Wisconsin or around Green Bay, it's hurt them in the Milwaukee area. Um, This will be vigorously contested in court, but it will be 
it will be kind of fun hearkening back to the to Kansas, where really? for for a brief period, I mean, redistricting and what was going to happen with Congresswoman Sharice David's seat was the topic of fascination in the state. And well, redistricting gave you two a good memory uh, from when you uh, had to go ask Dennis Pyle. Uh, oh, that's right. Oh yes. <laughs> Dennis Pyle, the man on fire, according to the song. Uh, of now, spoiler, gubernatorial campaign fame. But before that, he was just a... Uh, he was still a Republican, I guess, at the time. Yes, and uh, right, he had voted against overriding the governor's veto. With other maverick senators, Senator Mark Steffen And, of, of course, lost uh, some of his... It was most of his committee assignments. Wasn't yeah, I think two thirds of he uh, he kept one of them, and and the, this was a, a bit of a there's a bit of a hullabaloo because it was fairly clear why these committees had been stripped, yeah. and and we wandered over to the it was the it was the county treasurer's association. I think it was the county treasurer over at the Ramada, and and we were we were trying to track down the the lawmakers, and I think Dennis both Dennis Pyle and Alicia Straub were there. Yeah, and and you were wingmanned by two particular Democratic senators who might have. Uh, drunk. We, we won't. Bit. We won't name names, but uh, they know who they are. Yes, I if they remember it. <laughs> but oh, was... I don't. I mean, I think they probably remember it. But but, but John, Report, like... reporters wandering into a reception does not happen but, very but, often. No, but John, you. Uh... Dennis Pyle ended up calling Senate President Ty Masterson Gollum. Gollum compared yeah. him to Gollum. Yes. Yeah. So you uh, you called him a troll like. Uh, character yes. in your AP copy, uh, which I personally objected to because you know trolls in Lord of the Rings are nothing like. The- well, I guess that's I guess that's fair. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's hard to describe what Gollum actually is because uh, Gollum used to be, if I'm remembering, he was a hobbit. He was a hobbit, Smeagol, Smeagol and then he got the ring and it ate him out from the inside basically and he became this loathsome creature who ate raw fish yeah if i'm recalling a little song of where he was slapping the fish right and he didn't he he lost the ring in the hobbit right yeah uh bilbo baggins got it yes Uh, so does that make senator Pyle bilbo baggins i don't know he didn't really try and insert himself into he didn't try and carry on the metaphor i i don't think there i don't think it was logically thought through a whole (laughs) ty masterson as Gollum uh legislature as lord of the rings metaphor i don't think he had it all that's probably which is probably good (laughs) yeah yeah i mean there were also drinks around uh so yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) we'll just leave it at that um wow so many good memories really yeah, but I mean, we we were all at the Kansas State Fair together uh, for the memory. gubernatorial yeah. debate, and Dennis Pyle wasn't allowed on the debate stage, but he uh, did sit on the floor next to us as we were filing the stories oh, from uh, right. one of the uh, few buildings that had floor space where we could sit and plug in our and laptops. Then, were you were you with us then? Or was that us and Katie Bernard at the Kansas City Star? I was there, but I was not in front. Okay. I was, somewhere else 
I was waddling after Derek Schmidt because he wouldn't answer questions. Yeah, uh, I, I, I video, had my camera. Video, the video, yes, I had a camera bag and and uh, my laptop bag, yeah, and I, I was twenty pounds I, heavier. I think Andrew, you were starting to write, and I was with John and some other reporters. That's uh, right. Staking That's out right. the uh, the back door from the stage yeah they were not happy when i went up and knocked on the, the door of the green room well if memory that was not that was not what they had in mind well if memory serves we all filed our stories and then went and got moink right yes the the secret lives of state house report moink yeah uh, surely the wisconsin state fair can't be quite as good i uh, the so the signature dish at the wisconsin state fair are cream puffs uh, that is the thing. It, Where is the state fair? It's actually in Milwaukee or the just outside and in West Allis. So unlike Kansas where Hutch is kind of centrally located, they have it near the, the state's biggest city, which I kind of like that it's in Hutchinson. I think that's that adds a certain uh, representation and, and kind of convening of the state at the one, fair. One gets the sense that when they were given stuff out early in the state's history, they kind of parceled it out. You know, Emporia got the teacher's college, for example. You know, they used to call it the normal school. I don't know what that, how that term came about. You know, when various places got universities and hospitals and whatnot. So Hutchison ended up with a state fair. That was, uh, we had, we we gorged ourselves on fair food. That was fun. That yeah, was, yeah. We, we, and we, you guys we, won't get to go back for another couple of years. Cause yeah, we we got to eat fair food while uh, fielding calls from uh, spokespeople for the candidates. <laughs> that was yeah. <laughs> then that was. I mean, that was. Uh, we talked about the amendment vote at the beginning, and um, I don't want to. I don't want to take us keep taking us down memory road too much longer, but. It, it did. It was almost kind of, I don't want to say anticlimactic when the governor's race came around because that was a razor thin margin. But uh, you know that was a lot of really compelling stuff in the fall of 2022. <laughs> yeah, I kind of forget about that in light of the of the constitutional amendment vote. But but we did survive that election. <laughs> well, and it was a very interesting election because when you started, Chris Kobach's campaign. Uh, career political career looked dead yeah yeah he had just lost to roger mm-hmm. marshall narrowly in the u.s senate primary and was it or, or, or was am it? i thinking back to collier the no the no narrow. no he he had yeah he lost the uh 2020 u.s senate primary to roger marshall after losing the governor's race in 2018 to laura kelly uh by it wasn't a blowout, and but she had, I think, five percentage points on him, if I'm remembering. How close was the primary against Marshall? Uh, not very. Okay. So you might be confusing with Collier. Well, I, I remember my first day here, I was eating at, at the lovely Margarita Jalisco over by Washburn, and there were radio ads uh, from Democratic groups in support of Chris Kobach because they thought that the Democrats thought their candidate, Barbara Bollier, a, a state senator, would have uh, a, a chance to, sure. to be Kobach. And there were a lot of think pieces that she might be Marshall in that race, one of not being very close. No, <laughs> no. And uh, it is, uh, it's always been very difficult for a Democrat to win a U.S. Senate race. It hasn't happened 
Well, now it's been 93 years, 91 years. Yeah, good thing you uh, didn't say you would leave Kansas once a Democrat wins the U.S. Senate because <laughs> you might have been I here. I might be here a while, yeah. yeah. Although, you know, uh, how I, the issue there is how much bluer does Johnson County have to get for that to happen? Well, that was kind of the takeaway from the governor's race, where the governor actually won fewer counties than she did four years ago, but it did so well in Johnson County, it didn't matter. Yeah. Uh, and and it, it was a very close, it was a very close race um, there. Um, and, but, and Republicans, did, you know, that was an interesting thing because uh, in January of 2021, Republicans were really, really bullish. They were going to get uh, Tony Evers in Wisconsin. They were going to get Kelly in uh, in uh, Kansas. You know, Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan, Gretchen possibly. Wh- yeah, Nevada, which they actually did wind up yeah, winning. They did it, wind up winning in Nevada, but um, you know, then then Dobbs happened and kind of rewrote the calculus. And Andrew, you're saying when you started, it looked like Kobach's political career might be oh, done. Yes, but but now it's back alive and well. Yeah, he's the attorney general and and um, is hiring for his his much ballyhooed Sue Joe Biden the civil litigation division. Yeah, and if you uh, want to make a hundred and five thousand dollars plus uh, and get to lead a team of two to four lawyers suing Joe Biden. Kobach has the job opening for you. you. I mean, you have to be a lawyer, right, to lead that team? I, I so don't get any so. ideas yeah, applying, yeah. John. I, I, I think they have a five-year experience as a lawyer minimum. Yeah, I... But preferably I never more. went to law school, so that would not... That would not be my gig. Plus, I'm still not clear on what estoppel means after all these years, so, you know. But you know sua sponte. Yes. And and uh, uh, rid of mandamus. But, I, I know but that. how do you pronounce amicus brief? I always have said amicus, but you see, I think I'm wrong. But you say amicus? Yeah, that's what I've always said. All right. Well, well let's any, call the whole well, thing off. Well, well yeah. all, all the I know a bunch of lawyers quote, listen to this. Well, well, I I think. Uh, Solicitor General Anthony Powell said amicus brief in court yesterday. Okay. Well, then that would. Well, that's none a of us, strong or maybe it's point. just a generational thing. Yeah, that's possible. Uh, you know, the, the, this all younger you, generation not Gen knowing Z's our Latin. And, yeah, Gen Zs and hey, millennials. Hey, we're, we're millennials. You're millennials. Do you want to be millennials? You know, there was a period where, like, Gen Z and baby boomers just complained incessantly about everything that millennials had supposedly ruined. It got to the point of, it got to comedic heights. Is that you period know, over? I, well, I think it's abated. Everyone's turned on Gen Z. Gen the- Z, yes. But it's abated because, of course, everybody stopped and said, well, if, you know, if millennials are these terrible people... Who raised them? Who made them the way they are? Who who did the helicopter parenting and and you know made gave them us participation trophies and gave you participation trophies and turned you all into pencil uh, chewing anxiety ridden kids? Now we, we my we, generation we, we, we did that. that our Chillin' in the State House podcast award was not a participation trophy. Right, that's true. 
There was at least one other podcast in the running. Yes. And we did mention, this is a good place to mention that, indeed, we are award-winning. Yeah. Andrew mm-hmm. built a award-winning podcast. Yes. That, that's, well, that's pretty cool to think about. Well, even as I leave the Capital Journal, I will certainly be subscribing to read all of your amazing work, and I'll be going to the Associated Press website to read all of your amazing work, Yes. John. And we have now discovered an easier way for people to read yes. your stuff to find yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's uh, www.apnews.com backslash the Memorial Hand Movement. Author, right? Author backslash John hyphen Hannah H A N N A, and John, of course, is J O H N, like the Gospel of. The correct way of spelling John yes, if you I are contend. in the State House Press Corps. Now, oh, my, that shots fired. Yeah. <laughs> um, my well, my daughter uh, married a John, but his is J O N. So you know, I have to be careful. Well, and Jason, where can they find your work? And I guess I have a couple stories left. So where can where can they find our work? Yeah, well, you, you can find our work at cjonline.com. Uh, I am on X at Jason underscore Alatid. And for those wondering for the, in case you weren't listening back when uh, I got married, it was, I combined my last name with my wife. uh, And I finally, just this past week, got the new email address. So you can now email me at jalatid. Well, and I should mention that I'm at APJD Hannah on the aforementioned X. And if you want to follow all things Wisconsin government and politics, I guess. Uh, What's the hashtag? I think it's WisPolitics, but I don't. They aren't as uh, avowed of hashtag users as hashtag KSLedge. Is that WIS politics? Yes, I, I think so. I never, I never really too many characters. I, I never really used any hashtags, so I need to. I'll need to double check on that. But I'm at Andrew Ball. B A H L, and you get to keep that, right? We can that mm-hmm. will go, move forward with you. Yeah, you can harass me there. So, okay, now we, since we have not gotten in the obligatory uh, Disney reference, well, so I just started Ahsoka. Okay, uh, well, I, I was going to say I was in keeping with my observation. There are a number of bittersweet Disney movie endings, and these are all from their great animated. Uh, features, right, that my daughter watched when she was a little kid. I remember a couple of them. Uh, I remember, of course, The Little Mermaid, where, you know, that was a story about a father having to watch his daughter grow up and and give her away at the wedding. So that was kind of sad. And then, interestingly enough, Pocahontas uh, had a sad ending in that John Smith gets injured and Pocahontas has to put him on the boat and watch him sail back to England. So maybe this is kind of a little bit like this. You're sailing back to Wisconsin. Oh, I like that. But Children of the State House will not be sailing away. You gentlemen will be keeping this uh, going. Yeah, I, I, well. I need to get the new software downloaded so that way uh, you can be our guest as we uh, <laughs> continue to discuss Kansas politics. <laughs> and when you guys do that, where can they find those podcasts? I'll, I'll be listening. Uh, Anywhere fine yeah, podcasts yeah. are found, uh, Andrew, Apple's, as you know. Spotify. I don't know. I better learn the list soon. Yeah, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Google, yeah, that, Google Play. I have an Android. You, I gotta listen somehow. That's, but but you're you're doing good. Don't worry. 
and, and maybe uh, I'll be better at one of them at, at cjonline.com. <laughs> <laughs> no promises. Jason? Andrew? John? Andrew? Jason? <laughs> Andrew? Sorry, I was getting a little overclamped there. You know. Well... I love you both. I love I love all of the audience of Children in the State House who has made us uh, the award winning podcast that we are, and and has made it a lot of fun to produce. I've had so many people who who I've never really talked to walk up to me and say they enjoy the podcast, and that always makes my day. So yeah, uh, thank you all for that. Maybe you can start a Chillin' in the Wisconsin State House, <laughs> Chillin' with the Cheeseheads or Packers fans. So, or- uh, so actually, there is a podcast at the the outlet I'm going to. It's called Wedge Issues, but it's the logo. Like a cheese yeah, it's like a yeah. of course. It, Wisconsin really leans into its identity of as a cheese place. Yes. Well, I I always loved Call Hall chocolate milk, uh, and I know that you liked the Alma cheese nearby. I do. But but you're going back to Wisconsin where you'll get good milk and cheese. So will you be a part of this podcast? Hopefully. Oh yes. I'm, if, well, you then, better believe it. All right. Well then, well, um, we're well, going to have to listen now. I have. Uh, two state government podcasts, and there are others, I think, out there in other states. Well, but nothing is as good as chilling in the state. No. And thank you both for making it a memorable, a memorable time. And and uh, you all better be sure to keep listening. Don't change that dial and come back here next Do time. Do radios have dials anymore? No, probably not. But... But don't go away. It's Children like state house time bombs. Nobody, you know, there's no alarm clock on a on on. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't consort with terrorists, so I don't know how they do things. But uh, I, I'm sorry that you weren't here to find out how the white powder case ended. There are a lot of loose ends, but that's why I can keep reading the Capital Journal. Yes. Well, folks, until next time, y'all know where to find me. I'll be on X or email or phone or whatever you want to carry your pigeon but uh have a good one and we'll see you next time <laughs>